Hello and welcome to the ETOF21 Sports Podcast. My name is Eric. I'm the man behind ETOF21 Sports. You can find my work on Twitter at ETOF21 Sports. Sports betting, hot takes, bitching about how no one in the NBA gives Joker credit for the season he's having, kind of how he should be a landslide MVP. You can find me there. Everything sports betting on Instagram at ETOF21 Sports underscore. For my five things from yesterday, fantasy football, winners and losers, draft grades, all that stuff at etoff21sports underscore fantasy on Instagram. And also for free horse racing. Guys, we've been hitting pick fives, pick six. Had some nice little winners yesterday from Golden Gate and Golfstream. We're looking to continue that at etoff21sports underscore horse underscore racing. Loaded day of sports today. We got horse racing, NBA playoffs. We had a great last couple days of the play-in tournament. I'll, I'll dive into that in a little bit. NHL playoffs, which I love. MLB, NASCAR. Speaking of NASCAR, Brandon's coming on later at, to talk about the the race this weekend. And also, we got Jason Bully, the line, who's going to be coming on to talk about N- the NHL playoffs and what's going on. But we're gonna we'll, we'll jump into that stuff later. With all this stuff going on, the first thing you know, I I got to do this. It's I I bet that's how I make my money, and I I gotta I gotta talk about this. I gotta talk about the betting industry in general. Because here's the thing, and it's happening more and more and more, and I was quite adamant from the get-go that I would never do any business with Barstool Sports because I've known these guys for a while. Some stuff happened. I'm not going to get into it, but I've known these guys for a while, and all those guys care about is lining their money with pockets. Now, it's coming out that they are restricting players. For, for betting. Now, yeah, that's I've gotten cut off from local people here in Chicago before, a couple times. Two local guys have cut me off here, and you know I've had to go out to bigger offshore books. I got a runner in Vegas. Yeah, that's that's life. It happens. But when you do the stuff Barstool says and claims who to be, and then you do that, it's like come on. And then Davy Boy goes on his little podcast or radio show or whatever the fuck it was that was making it way away around Twitter and he goes, well, you know, it was basically card counters, guys using bots. No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. They just don't want to lose money. And they're saying because Dave and Big Cat bet that they're advocates. Dude, those guys give a flying fuck. That's what you guys don't really understand. I don't mean to be mean and I'm just going to be blunt. All those guys care. Those guys make more money with you guys losing a bet than them winning a bet. Just think about that for a second. They go on their little shows and they're like, oh, bet this game. Oh, do this. And they bet two grand. How many of you are now going to go on and bet that same thing? A lot more than two grand worth of money or 10 grand or whatever it is. And that is is money in their pocket. And that's what nobody seems to understand. The big thing that's just getting lost in this. All those guys are doing is using the platform they have to generate novice bettors into betting to create more income for themselves. It's that simple. It is that simple. I'll be honest. I have zero fucking ties to any motherfucking sports book at all. Have I got approached? Yeah, of course I've gotten approached. And... If it's a book I like, you know, I will definitely, like, do some advertising for them. But any book that has been approached to me, I flat out just said no. And it's funny, U.S. Bet, U.S. Bet approached me. I'll say it, I don't care, U.S. Bet approached me. And the guy laid out all this stuff. He's like, you know, we can do this deal for you, this deal for you, this deal for you, this deal for you. And I had questions. And I'm like, look, you know... I Googled you guys. You guys don't have the best reputation. I've never really heard of you. You know, I've been around the block a few times. You know, I'd like to set up a phone call so we could talk about this. And this guy was so shady about a phone call. So, so shady. And then I followed up a couple days later. I was like, hey, you know, just following up on this. You know, would like to set something up so we can start everything. He goes, oh, we're not looking for anyone anymore. And there was a solid couple weeks where everybody on Instagram was posting stuff with BetUS, and then you notice that none of those guys are doing that anymore. I wonder why. Because those deals fell through. Those guys were just trying to use the guys that they approached to get word out and get money in their pocket. 
And that's what all these books are doing. And it's, it really amazes me how no one else sees this. You have Pat McAfee, who I think is a fucking clown. This dude is a fucking clown. And he's telling people to bet money on the Pacers. Now, granted, the Pacers bet against the Hornets won, but he's telling you guys to do that. And he's being honest. He goes, hey, I know nothing. I don't even know who's on the team. I can't even name all the Pacers. I can't even name four guys on the Pacers team. And he's fucking telling you to bet money on it. And think about how many people did that. And think about the cut he got from FanDuel just to do that. It's crazy. And unfortunately, that's like where the industry is not right now. This one guy, um, oh my God, what's his name? Joe Weez or Ja Wise, whatever that fuck he is. He's approached me before to do business. And I was like, okay, well, you know, what do you want to do? You know, he's like allegedly, he goes, best handicapper in the world, which is, we all know is a load of shit. But anyway, I go, yeah, you know, what's up? What do you want to do? Never respond to my message. Okay, whatever. I don't care. I got a million things going on. And then to my fantasy football account, my horse betting account, and my sports betting account on Instagram, I'm getting bot messages from different people with no followers saying, follow this guy. He's the number one sports better in America. So I wonder how much money he paid for that service and then how many suckers are going to sign up for it. It's just when you sit back and think about it, it's really sad that this is what it's come to right now. And people don't understand money management. They're going in their betting and they're losing their money. This isn't something like that can be played around with lightly. And coach, coach from WWE, he has his own betting service. I have messaged him numerous times. Hey, can I see your spreadsheets? Can I see your ROI year to date? And guess who never gets a response to those messages? Me. I have yet to get a fucking response. And I've sent him eight messages. Me, on the other hand, you go to my webpage, I'm updating my spreadsheets right now, and you can look, oh, NHL regular season, NHL playoffs, NBA regular season, NBA playoffs, NASCAR, MLB, bets and the dates, and you can go on BetStamp where everything is verified, and you can go on the Action Network with my ass. But yet you have all these guys with major reach who are just using that reach in a partnership with Sportsbook to put money into their account. And then there's this girl, she's on TikTok and um, Instagram. Don't get me wrong, this girl's a fucking smoke show. Hot as fuck, dude. Blonde, tan, you know, hot, like fucking smoke show. And she's going around claiming how much money she's won with her sports picks and everything. And she was another one of those suckers that got in with the Bet US. Oh my God. I mean, like, it just shows you, like, she did no research. She's just using the platform to line money in her pocket, and her bets, like, I looked, are just god-fucking-awful. But she's got a lot of reach, and she uses that reach, and she's using that reach to line, put money in her pocket, which puts money in the sports book's pocket. And I'm not being bitter here. I mean, I really don't care at the end of the day. I'm just trying to help you guys out. I'm not one of these guys that say, hey, look at me, look at me, you know, oh, discount on prices. No, my prices are what they are. Best value on the internet for sure. My stats fucking show that. Guys, I'm up over, what is it, almost over 15, 50 units. I think I'm like at 49 units in MLB baseball, and I've not bet over two units. And you see these hacks online doing 10 and 20 units. Game of the year, game of the month, just tell me you're a fucking hack because that's what you're telling me. Simple money management with me, guys. That's my rant about the sports betting industry. It seems like I'm doing this all the time, but this path that the sports betting industry is on is just a dangerous slope, guys. It is a legit dangerous slope. And unless us people, the betters, sit back and really help these novice betters that are coming in then it's gonna, there's going to be a lot of people that are going to be losing a lot of money in the sports betting market. So, you know, I, I hate to see it. You know, when I started out young in the game, I had some great people, my boy Jason, my boy Ben, who took me under their wings and taught me the game. And when I learned from those guys, I'm trying to teach you guys. 
I'm trying to help you guys make money, help you guys look at the big, broad spectrum of everything. And yeah, I charge for my plays. Why do I charge for my plays? Because I would be posting something and then people would be stealing my shit, unit for unit, play for play, which like, I get it. There's only so many plays on the board, but if that happens consistently, like I said, day after day after day after day after day after day after day, where they have the same plays at me, as me, excuse me, what does that tell me? They're stealing my shit. So let's jump in to the play-in games. Obviously, thank you for Gino Bacala who had me on. We talked about the Warriors and the Lakers game. I'm not going to go into that. I'm going to talk about... Obviously, the Wizards-Pacers and the game last night between the Warriors and the Memphis Grizzlies. So, the Wizards game, yeah. I mean, they just they just ran them out of the building. And the gimmicky defenses that all the Pacers coaching staff insist that they do just didn't work against Westbrook or Beal. And it's crazy to me, like... Beal was struggling with his jump shot, and he's grabbing his hamstring. Everyone's talking about how much his hamstring hurts and everything. He didn't struggle with his jump shot at all in the game against the Pacers, and no one's talking about his hamstring. Does anyone ever notice that? Like, when a player gets hurt and they play bad, it's the excuse. But when he plays well, no one fucking mentions it. I always find that a little fucking comical. Uh, The last night's game... Grizzlies started off great. What was it? Seven from seven from the floor. Warriors had four early turnovers, and they just never really got back in the game after that. Yeah, they made a couple runs, but the start that the Grizzlies had that kind of led them to the victory. Yeah, I know JV had some foul trouble, but guys, I'm gonna be honest. When JV's in there, it allows Draymond to stay on him because he's underneath the rim. So that way when Morant drives, Green can sneak off of JV to go help and block a shot and whatnot. But when they put Xavier Tillman in there and Tillman wandered away from the basket and pulled Green out, Green wasn't able to leave Tillman in the corner. And when he did, Tillman made a big three in the corner. And I'll give Morant credit. I mean... I, he made some awful mistakes to close the Spurs game. But he's made some big jump shots in this game. When he ate over 30 points, made some clutch plays. And it's amazing to me, like, everyone is just hating on them, saying, oh, no Warriors in the playoffs. Let me break it down for this. I've never been a Steve Kerr guy. If you look back at anything, I have never been a Steve Kerr guy. Draymond Green, top three defensive player of the year. Because NBA came out and said who the, who the finalists were. Stephen Curry, top three MVP. You're telling me that the Warriors had a top three player in the MVP who's in his prime in Steph Curry, who you could argue was the best basketball player this year. You could argue. And Draymond Green, who top three defensively. And you cannot make the fucking playoffs. And you consider the season a success? Yeah, I know Clay wasn't there. And guys, I've been saying forever, Draymond Green, not, not a max player, not a Hall of Famer, and he showed it last night. He showed it last night. But let's get back to my point. Everyone wants to say how great of a coach Steve Kerr is. Guys, he had Clay and Steph, Egodawa, Sean Livingston. That construction of the team Bob Myers gave him was great. And that's why they were able to win. That big move when they won their first title of taking Bogey out of the lineup, that wasn't Steve Kerr. That was an assistant. Of course, I'm spacing on his motherfucking name. But Kerr gets all the accolade. There has been, in the Lakers game and last night, there's been some awful coaching blunders by Steve Kerr. Steve Kerr should have took a timeout when Curry got double teamed toward the end of the game last night because they still had one. And he shouldn't have sat Curry at the beginning of the fourth quarter. Now, it's, of course, it's easy to look back and say, oh, he should have done this, should have done that. But if you put someone on a fucking pedestal and say he's one of the best coaches in the game, this should be basic stuff he should be doing. And Kerr did not do that. So that is what my issue is with Steve Kerr. Now, in terms of Draymond Green, Draymond Green, excuse me, he offensively, the guy's a nightmare. Yeah, I mean, you know... 
filtering the offense, playing defense, great. Like, great. But offensively, he's awful. What they were doing last night is they'd always pick with Draymond, sag off of Draymond, double stuff, and force Draymond to hit a jump shot, and he couldn't do it. Draymond couldn't do it. And it just amazes me. Everyone knocks on Giannis and knocks on, I can't really think of another player off the top of my head, to get better at certain parts of their game. Why is anyone knocking Draymond Green? Draymond Green, offensively, is bad. And when you look back at the Warriors, the Warriors season, that game against the Hornets, which they should have won, but he threw a hissy fit and got some technical fouls and got kicked out of the game. If they would have won that game, and there was another game, oh God, I'm spacing against two, but he did the same thing. If he could control his emotions, they wouldn't have been in that fucking game in the situation. They wouldn't have been in the playing game in the fucking first place. And no one talks about that. Yeah, he's good off good defensively, but the whining, the constantly motherfucking bitching, it just gets fucking sick of it, dude. And he, like, literally, I'll say it, he cost the Warriors this year two games. And if they win those two games, they're not in the fucking playing tournament. They're not in the situation that they're in right now. Right now. And that blows my mind that he is getting such a motherfucking pass. Such a motherfucking pass. People talking about him being a Hall of Fame player, he's not a Hall of Fame player. And he showed it last night that he's not a Hall of Fame player. And all the hate from all the like NBA tout experts, I'm not going to name names on Twitter, who are saying how John Morant's the most overrated player and still bitching him and saying that he's nothing. You look at the Grizzlies roster. Look at the Grizzlies roster. Look at the Warriors roster. Who has a better roster? Warriors by far. What Morant is able to do with this roster speaks volumes about what he is. And he did it most of the year without their second best player, Jaron Jackson, who's just going to continue to get better. And he's on his verge of being a perennial all-star. This Grizzlies team is going places, and them making the playoffs, being that fucking young, is going to do wonders for Morant, Jackson, and company long term. I also got to talk about this MVP stuff. Now, three things with the MVP. One, why the hell is Joel Embiid in there? Why the fucking hell is Joel Embiid, who set out how many games in the MVP conversation? He set out 21 games. And the team still had the best record in the Eastern Conference. You're fucking telling me that's an MVP? What the fuck are you smoking? And then you got Curry, but everyone eliminates Damian Lillard because of the Blazers record. Well, the Warriors didn't make the playoffs. Hello? So why are those double standards? Like, you have one guy who's sitting out games, whose team has the best record in the NBA. Um, hello? Like, what What are you guys fucking watching? Then you have another guy who gets blasted for his team having a losing record, but it's okay for Steph's team to have a losing record and he can be an MVP conversation. And also, like, why is nobody talking about how good Joker is? Everyone's going around, oh, and Curry should be MVP. So-and-so should be MVP. The only one player, and that's probably because they're playing in the first round of the playoffs, that has came out and said, hey, Joker should be MVP, is fucking Dame Lillard. Think about that. Just think about that. This guy would probably be the perfect teammate because he'll give you the ball in the right position. And nobody is coming out saying, hey, I want to play with this guy. This guy would make me better. This guy is doing missing Murray and you look at his splits on and off the court and see how much better they are with him on the court and they have the three team three seed in the Western Conference and no one's saying this fucker should be MVP. What the flying fuck is everyone watching? It just it just fucking amazes me. Yeah Joel and B had a good season. Motherfucker set out 21 games. Motherfucker sat out 21 games, and they had the best record in the East. There's no way that Cloud should be the fucking MVP. And let's be honest, Joe B is a fucking Cloud. Sixers aren't winning anything with him as their best player. I'm saying, I've been saying it for years, and nothing's changed. But I said to, I just had to get that going. So, hey, great show today. Uh, like I said, Jason, bully the line. 
He's going to be coming on. We're going to be talking a little NHL playoffs. And Brando is going to be coming on, and we're going to be talking a little NASCAR. So let's hop right into it. So it's that time of year, NHL playoffs. I love this type of year. And, of course, we have to bring our NHL guy back on the show, Bully the Line. Jason, how you doing, man? Good, man. Thank you for uh, having me on, man. It's already been, a, you know, it's already been like three or four games into the playoffs, and it's already been exciting hockey, man. So I'm glad to be on. Appreciate it. And this, these NHL playoffs, man, they are, they are not uh, lackluster uh, when it comes to exciting playoffs, especially when you're betting, too, as well. So I had the Preds last night at plus, what were they? I think they are plus 118. And yeah. I cracked open my bottle of wild turkey and I went through the whole <laughs> bottle. I mean that that game took took a little uh, took a little juice off uh, off off of my life last night. I mean that was like yeah. a wild freaking game, man. That was a wild game, man. Uh, luckily, it came out you know on your end, you know with the the Preds winning. That's a great pick, uh, you know by yourself. I mean, by, you know picking those picking that that money line uh, underdog there. So that was a good win for you. I mean, I. Have you ever been, like, off-air, we're talking about Las Vegas, have you ever been, now obviously this is like pre-COVID, but I want, I would go to, this would be my, my week in Vegas. The first week of the NHL playoffs is such oh. an underrated week in Las Vegas. Have you ever been out there for the NHL playoffs? I have been up there for the NHL playoffs uh, for a couple of games. I think it was, uh, like, it was during the Eastern Conference Finals uh, okay. during the summer. My buddy's bachelor party was up there, and it was a good time. I believe that. I believe it was the Penguins, Capitals. Uh, okay. I think it was one of the series, so um, it was it was good. To, this that had to be like two or three years ago, so it was a good time up there. Had a great time. So we're gonna kind of go series by series. You're just gonna kind of tell us your thoughts and everything. First series we're gonna jump into is the Leaves and the Canadians. The Canadians actually have a one-zero series lead here. Um, what what are your thoughts about this series? Obviously, the big news is Tavares is down. I I just saw something. He's out for two weeks. What what do you think of this oh, series? Wow. Yeah, I, I didn't I didn't see the news. He was out for two weeks, but that wasn't one nasty, scary hit. Goes uh, like a knee to the head. That was definitely a very scary injury for them. Um, yes, very early on, um, kind of low scoring too as well. I figured you know the Leafs the Leafs are you know pretty high scoring team so. Um, you know, Carey Price got it done in net that first game. So that's gonna be, a, I think it's gonna be a pretty good, exciting series. That that can easily go six or seven, um, you know, six or seven games in that one. Um, hopefully, I, I love it when the Leafs are in the playoffs and good. It just brings, it's just, it's one like one of those things where like the Knicks are good in basketball, kind of same thing. Um, just one of the, you know, another one of those original eight teams, and when you have them in the playoffs, um, you know, doing well, it always makes the playoffs better. So I want to see the Leafs do well. Uh, you know, moving forward. So hopefully they can pull out a win. It'll be a good series between those, you know, those two Canadian teams. Now, you kind of hit on the head. There's the price factor. Uh, he's been hurt a lot this season. Do you, th- he can obviously, because he's so effing good, carry you to a season. You said you think you're going seven. I'm looking at bet online right now. Leaves for a series prop, 4-3 plus 300. Canadians for a series prop, prop. Four three plus five fifty. Do you like any of those numbers, or do you think just kind of roll it out? Yeah, I mean, um, Carey, Carey, and that's something that the Canadians wanted to do before the season is have those two goalies, have Carey Price there, and then throw in the uh, backup um, as well. You know, during the year, so that's been working out for them well. Um, I do like that series price. Things are good numbers. You know, plus five hundred, plus three fifty. Uh, for the, I mean, I, I kind of want the, the Toronto Maple Leafs to come out in this series, but uh, those are definitely good prices if you like the Canadians. That was right, the Canadians to win the series, correct? On those prices, uh, the Canadians to win the series were at four to three was plus five fifty. Maple gotcha. Leafs to win the series was plus three hundred, according to Bet Bet Online. Yeah. Um. Yeah, very good prices. Yeah, and it's, I don't know, like I. I have a future on the Canadians, so my heart says Canadians. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but I could definitely see the leaves blowing that one out. One of the <laughs> one of That's the um, leaves fashion too, right there. One of the big surprises is the Oilers and Jets. The Jets have a commanding two O series lead. Um, 
this is kind of a little shocking to me that the Jets are able to get get up 2-0, isn't it? Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, they limped into the playoffs. They were losers. They, were, they, did, they did not have a good uh, April coming into the playoffs, a little bit of May. Um, they did not have a good April. They, were, they had a bunch of losing streaks during that time. And for them to be up 2-0 on an Edmonton team that's supposed to be one of the highest-scoring teams in the NHL to only have one goal so far – uh, it's definitely a shocker, and they they lost uh, definitely home ice moving forward. So they're going to have to go back to Edmonton, and they're in a deep hole right now. Um, and they, they, I think a little bit of that break that they had might have affected them uh, because there was about a week when the season ended, and then they had a couple of COVID games they had to play, which almost stretched it out to about. Uh, you know, five or six days off. That might have affected that Oilers team uh, not playing any meaningful games uh, during that time. Now, do you think, like, gun to your head right now, obviously Jets for a sweep is plus 225, Jets 4-2 plus 325, Jets 4-1 plus 350, Oilers 4-3 plus 475, Jets Jets 4-3 plus 600, Oilers to win four in a row plus 1,100. Do you like any of those numbers, or I would, I would probably go. I probably go because I think the Jets will probably get another one at home. Maybe the Jets in five. Um, you know, maybe the Oilers can get one on the road. They'll go back to Edmonton, maybe win another, and the Jets can maybe get it in five. Um, it's just this this Edmonton team just has not been scoring, and um, maybe they can pick it up. But I, I would like the Jets in five. I don't think that's a, a pretty good number. Yeah, I mean, I was a little I. I've always kind of been an Oilers fan, even though the Red Wings are my team. And I this this whole series has kind of shocked me with the Jets being able yeah. to take that commanding 2-0 lead. Um, let's jump into the the next one. I mean, gee, Jesus, dude. this That game last night was an intense game. And in my setup, I was really planning that it was going to be the Warriors-Grizzlies that get the main TV... Uh, set up, it was this Preds game. I mean, that was a, a great game from start to finish. Keynes lead the series uh, 2-1. I mean, that was obviously a must-win to keep the series going for the Preds last night. Um, I followed, when you came on to preview the NHL season, I rode your coattails. I took a Keynes future as well. Nice. Um, do you think the Keynes are going to be able to win this series, or where, where's your head at with this series? Yeah, I think uh, I mean, I mean uh, definitely Nashville stole one uh, last night. It's Carolina just has a the one the main discrepancy I see with the two teams is that Carolina has one of the best power plays. They have one of the best power plays in the NHL uh, during the regular season, and Nashville has one of the worst power play killing units in the during the season during the NHL. It's just Carolina. I think it just has too much firepower for Nashville. Over the time, I, I definitely see them, uh, Carolina, coming bounce, bouncing back. Uh, you know, game four, and then pro- close out the series probably about five games. So um, that's where I kind of stand on that. I think I think Carolina's just too good for this Nashville team, who this um, weren't they were okay during the uh, regular season, but just too much firepower there. And um, you know, I, I would look at Carolina in five, uh, and I also have a future too as well. So my heart's kind of there too as well. So I feel you on that. Uh, but I like Carolina in five. Yeah, I like this Carolina team, too. I wasn't that high on the Preds. I actually had a future for the Preds not to make the playoffs. That's how low I was on that. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, um, so, I mean, you like Carolina in five. The future price for that is only plus 175. So, that, right right there, that tells you yeah. how much bet online is valuing this Canes team. So, I, again, I wouldn't take that bet because the odds are so low. Um, but I definitely like Carolina to move on here. Um, next game. Now, I'm not going to lie. I have not seen one of these games, and that's my fault. I got some stuff going on, the joys of buying a house. Um, Panthers and Lightning. Lightning lead the series um, 2-1 here. What, uh, where's your head at with this with this series? And, Eric, I wish you would watch this series. This has actually been a phenomenal series. Uh, Thursday night was a phenom- another phenomenal game. Um, the Panthers are up. Um, almost three nothing going into the second period. Tampa Bay scores five goals. Florida comes back with two more goals. Ends up winning in overtime. Uh, you know, on the road, and nothing beats overtime playoff hockey. 
Um, it's just been a phenomenal series, hard hitting. I think this is going to go the distance. Maybe probably seven games. They're going to beat each other up, um, and then Carolina is going to come in and play the winner of these two. Uh, so it could be a you know uh, a nice setup for Carolina moving forward. But it's been a phenomenal series. This is this is almost a toss up to me. Um, I would like to see uh, Florida win this series just because it's a lesser known team moving on but they've had a good team all year and they know Tampa these two these two teams both know each other very well after playing the regular season but I like Florida I would say Florida uh, maybe still one maybe this one goes seven yeah Florida right now according to bet online is sitting at plus 425 to win the series in seven lightning is sitting at plus 375 and I mean this is something I've done in the past so if you think a game is going to go seven and you see good odds on both teams, if I put down a hundred, I'm going to be making money either way. You know what I mean? Like, so I mean that's something we have to remember as sports betters to kind of find line, excuse me, value in the line and take advantage. That way we could beat the books. But yeah, I, th- I believe the game today is at eleven thirty Chicago time. So I'm definitely going to try to snip that bad boy out. Um, next one now, I mean. I had I was lucky enough to go to the Coliseum once to watch an Islanders Pens hockey game years ago. Years ago, great experience. Um, oh well. What do you think? Uh, I mean, so Islanders, another team I like. Um, Pens are up two one. Uh, interesting game the other night. Where where do you, where's your head with the, these this game this series? Yeah, this is this is another one, man. It's another great series. Uh, lucky for you, got to see you know one a, a game at the Nassau Coliseum because I've always wanted to go there, uh, especially like a like a playoff, like a sold out crowd there would be absolutely phenomenal. Um, that building's always uh, been tough over the years, and so they get to you know kind of close that out, uh, you know, in this upcoming series. But another great game uh, Thursday night, uh, the Islanders. Um, you know, Pittsburgh went up on the Islanders 3-1 three, uh, three going into the third. Uh, Islanders score three, uh, and then Pittsburgh's able to sneak one in, uh, you know, to win 5-4 uh, on that one. But uh, just another great uh, game on Thursday night. Um, and Pittsburgh, um, Pittsburgh, I think, can easily, um, you know, get there. Uh, this was another toss-up, man. I, I am uh, I'm, I'm kind of torn on this one. Uh, I, I, I do think the Pens will uh, prevail in this one, but I think it's just easy, like a six or seven game series as well. Looking at the series prices right here, Penguins four one plus two twenty, Penguins four two plus two sixty, Pens four three plus three twenty five, Isles in seven plus four seventy five, Islanders in six plus six seventy five. The thing with this series is, it's like, what's going to happen first? Are the Pens going to get frustrated with the way the Islanders play and just have a collapse and lead to a breakaway? Or are the Islanders going to get down by so much that they're not going to be able to come back? You know what I mean? Like, it's just yeah. huge, like, just yep. different different styles of hockey. Um, I mean, but definitely, do these guys, I think these guys play today, if I'm not mistaken. I'd definitely be looking for the Islanders to yep. even, out, even up the series today. Because um, I definitely am on the same... Same um, wavelength as you. I think this is a long six or seven game series. Um, yeah, right now I think it's sitting at about Islanders are favored about one ten. Um, so the 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 lines definitely favoring that home team. You know, here today. Yeah, I'll definitely probably be invested on the Isles for sure. Um, next game, and oh my god, uh, I had the Caps last night. That has to go down as one of my worst bets of the NHL playoffs so far. Um, yeah. I mean, they just, it's, the way the Caps, and they hit on it during the um, the broadcast, their power play is just non-existent, and they're not, there's, they're not doing anything different. You know what I mean? They're not yeah. doing anything different at all, and they're not making the Bruins yeah. uncomfortable. The, the Bruins are having a cakewalk on the power play, and it's just, it's just frustrating to watch. What? And the Bruins yeah, are up yeah, three. No, I mean, you're exactly right. Like um, in the last game, Washington's one for seven on the power play. Boston three for five, and that's just what the Bruins have done all season long. Um, if you remember earlier in the year, they had a lot of uh, injuries at the beginning of the year. Uh, Pushnarov was hurt. Uh, even Rask, Tuka Rask was out uh, too as well. And a lot of people wrote this team off. Um, 
Uh, they thought they wouldn't make the playoffs, but they were. They always came back and won. They're one of those third period teams, and they've done it. They've done it. Uh, you know, during the series, Tyler Hall, a great pickup from Buffalo, and has already got two goals this season. This is his. This is his dream team. He's always wanted to play for Boston, and uh, it's showing right now. A phenomenal pickup uh, at the trade at the trade deadline for the Bruins and. The Bruins is always something about Boston teams. They always find a way to win year in and year out, and um, the Bruins are definitely showing it. And whether it's the Patriots, whether it's the Red Sox, they they somehow always win. And I don't know what it is up there, what they're doing, but uh, Bruins got a three-one lead, and they are they're dominating this Caps team. It's not even close. Like it's honestly yeah. like not. It's not even a series right now. I mean, I no. it would shock shock me if the Capitals win. The next game, I think the Bruins are gonna gonna be able to finish them off, especially in front of the home crowd. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah, they're done. Uh, they, they did not. They, I think, it, I think it showed the last game when they lost four one. Like they just didn't have it in the third period. And yeah, nothing they, at I all. Think this was about over. Nothing at all. And it's like it's frustrating because you're just watching this. You're like, guys, you got to do something different. There was like yep. no. It's it's like you're just scratching your head. Like what the f are you doing? Um, <laughs> next game. I mean, unfortunately, I have a Blues future here, which is I'm going to have to set up the ticket on fire probably tomorrow. Abs, I mean, this this it has it even, not even close. You know what I mean? Like, I thought the experience of the Blues winning the Stanley Cup two years ago, I thought they'd at least be able to get a couple of games. I actually had, I actually bet them at plus 206 last night. Um, but this has just not even been close at all. No, uh, it shows. I mean, uh, the Avalanche and also the, the Knights dominated this division all throughout the year, and you know the Blues just happened to be one of those teams. They made it, um, but they're just they're just not even on the same level. The Abs um, are, are pretty much they're outscoring the Blues the minus one and a half goals. You know, that first game, um, every single game. So this is definitely a sweep. I'm sure the price is juiced to. Whatever, maybe maybe the Blues can maybe steal one, uh, but I don't. I just don't see it happening. Uh, just too much firepower from the Avalanche. I mean, Bet Online doesn't even have a price up for anything at all. No, yeah. So, I mean, myself as a better, I'm probably going to be on the Blues game four just because that's how I roll. Like, you, yeah. you, you believe these professional athletes are going to show a little bit of pride and everything. Um, oh, absolutely. You know, but it's. I mean, it's totally a beatdown, and especially after. Um, there was that cheap shot where that guy in the avalanche, I believe, Falk, got suspended for eight games. I would thought that would light a fire under the Blues, but it's just been absolute. They haven't been able to do anything, like no. anything at all. I mean, this has just been a complete, complete fucking beatdown. Um, yeah. Next game, last game, uh, and this series has been shockingly good. I mean, there was a, a good game the other night, Vegas against the Wild. The Knights are currently up 2-1 in the series. Series prices are Vegas 4-2 plus 175, Vegas 4-1 plus 235, Vegas 4-3 plus 350, Minnesota 4-3 plus 625, Minnesota 4-2 plus 850. Um, what are your thoughts about this series? How's it going and everything? Yeah, this is another, uh, like I said, for another great series. And honestly, the Wild should be up 2-1. Uh, the last game, uh, game three, Minnesota up two nothing in the first period. I don't know what the coach said after that. In it, after that first intermission, but the Golden Knights came out, uh, scored three in the second, two in the third. Uh, absolute beatdown that second half. So I'm not sure what happened in that, after that first intermission, but the Golden Knights did not look good. Um, that you know that, that first period, and when they came out, second and third period. Like a whole new hockey team, man, and so now they're up two to one. The Wild have always given the Knights fits ever since they came into the league. Um, so if uh, Golden Knights can get through, but then that's going to be one phenomenal series: Avalanche versus the Knights uh, in the next round. Um, I hope the Knights make it through because I want to see them, um, you know, play that. Because I mean, they're they were some of the two of the best teams in the NHL was the Knights and the Avalanche. So I want to hopefully they can get through the Wild. They're pes- Wild's a pesky team and. Hopefully they can get through, and uh, we'll see a, uh, a Knights Avalanche uh, series next round. Yeah, I definitely would love to see that. Just as a sports fan, you know, you want to see. Oh, two, yeah, you want to see two good teams going at it. It's a shame, though, that with how stuff is this year with the 
the little divisions and everything that instead of this is being a conference final, this yeah, is a round yeah. two matchup, which is insane to me. But it should definitely be uh, definitely be a popcorn series if it happens. Yeah, absolutely, and, and that's one of the one reasons why I haven't I haven't made any future bets now since the playoffs started because once uh, once all the division teams like the final four make it. Um, all bets are up after that. These teams have not seen each other play all year long. So these are two, like almost two brand new hockey teams. And who knows what can happen after that? I mean, all bets are kind of off after that. Yeah. Um, you just never know how one team is going to react to the other. Yeah, um, you just don't you know. Seen them all year. Seen them all year long. So uh, that's why that's kind of made me kind of reluctant to make any more kind of future bets right now. Yeah, I mean, I'm sitting on. The Blues, the Canadians, and the Canes. Those are the only three like like um, Stanley Cup futures that I did. So, I mean, perfect world. There would be a. I don't even know. Is it is it possible to have a Canes Canadian finals? Because aren't they reseeding everything? Uh, yeah, they, yeah, they are. Um, I, I, have to, I have to double check on that. I'm actually not sure. I, yeah, I actually have a uh, future on the Canes and the Canadians too. So, we'll see. Well, fingers crossed. Jason, I would like to thank you for taking time out of your Saturday to come in, talk to us about a little NHL. Why don't you tell everyone where they can find you? Yeah, you can just give me a follow on uh, at Bully the Line on Twitter, and uh, hopefully we can make some money uh, this Stanley Cup playoffs, man. Thanks again for having me on. Hey, man, I appreciate the time. Good luck today, and let's cat. Hopefully, we catch some tickets. Absolutely. Thanks again, man. Appreciate it. Big thanks to Jason coming on, taking time out of his Saturday to talk a little NHL. It's a great time of year. I'm telling you guys, Vegas for NHL playoffs is insanely underrated. Oh, my God. It is phenomenal. Phenomenal, phenomenal time. And, oh, my God, do I miss Las Vegas. It's I have not been to Las Vegas since, God, when was the last time I was in Las Vegas? Like three years. God, time flies. And now this week, NASCAR is racing on a track they have not raced before down in Texas, Coda. So, of course, Brandon's going to come on and we're going to talk about this track, a new experience. Brandon, um, so it's been an interesting morning. We're recording this a little bit later because both of us wanted to watch practice, watch the truck race, watch a little bit of the Xfinity race. So far, what do you think of this track, man? Trying to trying to adapt to it. Um, every year, road racing does get better for NASCAR. The drivers have seen it more. Um, I was glad to see them get practicing at this track and them not just throw them out. But uh, it's weird seeing cup cars or trucks or Xfinity on a Formula One uphill, downhill, 20-turn, 2 minute and 30 seconds a lap course. It's, it's, it's interesting. I mean, it's a, little, it's a little different than what we're accustomed to seeing. And I don't know if I like it or not yet. I mean, I got the... The Xfinity race on here in the background. Some of us are sitting on a little dinger and Harvick bet. Dinger's closing in on the first stage. Also, real quick, dude, let's talk about your Bruins before we jump into it. I was on the wrong side. I had the Capitals last night. Um, what do you think of how this series is playing out for the Bruins so far? I think where the Capitals are making their biggest mistake, they're they're trying to be so over-physical that they're playing the body and not the puck. And I've said it for years Good hits wear down bodies. I absolutely understand that. But when you're playing the body and not the puck, you're going to make a good hit, but then there's going to be an odd man rush the opposite way because you're not even touching the puck. And I just think they're getting frustrated. Ovi's calling his goalie a, a B word. Um, I just think we rattled their feathers to where they just, they're, they're the lost. Um, series is not over. Being a Red Sox fan, I've seen comebacks. I mean, we, we all know that anything can happen. But the way this Bruins team is gelling right now, Pasta got the monkey off his back last night. We're pumping in goals. Um, I don't know if this thing ends tomorrow, but I definitely think it ends uh, Tuesday, worst case. Okay. All right. I like what I'm seeing. All right. Well, I mean, my Red Wings are a long way away, so I'll cheer on your Bruins, and I have the only – I, I don't think I have any futures on the Capitals, so I'll be rooting them on for you. Um, Celtics game is later tonight. Celtics are playing the Brooklyn Nets. Any chance for any chance at all? Any chance to win a game or two? Yes, um, we're eight point dogs. Uh, Jalen Brown being out to me 
is not as big um, as big as a hit as I think people are thinking because this is going to allow Marcus Smart to be on the court more and Marcus Smart's intensity and defense and everything. Um, I think we'll grab a couple games. I think they're just kind of like the Capitals. If you can get in, in Brooklyn's head and get them pissed off amongst each other, who knows? The series could swing. I don't, I'm a huge fan, but I don't see us winning the series. But I think if we can pull off a game or two in Brooklyn, we might be able to make something of it. Um, I, I think, I don't know. I mean, Brooklyn is just such a mystery just because you don't know what you're going to get. You know, because they've only played a handful of games together, so you really don't know. But um, let's jump into the, this NASCAR. Bovada doesn't have odds posted yet, so we're going to be going off odds from DraftKings strictly today. Um, so I knocked out Hamlin. I I got him at ten to one. I just figure that he's due to, for a win historically. Once you get past Truex and Elliott, who have basically dominated the road courses, if you look at Hamlin overall, he's put up some pretty good numbers statistically. Yeah, and uh, again, his average finish, I still think, is like 7.3. He's been in the mix every single race. He is not a bad road racer. Usually when you do talk Hamlin or Chase and Truex, the next guy that falls in line is Hamlin. Um, so I definitely like him. You had him at 10 to 1, right? Uh, yes, I had him at 10 to 1. So anytime you guys can grab a double-digit number on a guy that has the best average finish in NASCAR right now, it's hard to steer away from that. So I do like that pick. And also, he looked good in practice this morning. From what I watched from practice, he looked good. Lap times were pretty good. But, of course, like that was in the middle of a monsoon. So God only knows what what's going to be happening tomorrow weather-wise. Now, you mentioned you like Elliott off-air. He's currently trading at plus 250 on DraftKings. I mean, that's a little too short for me. Tell us how you feel about Elliott. I absolutely think he, he's going to get the monkey off of his back and, and win at Cota tomorrow because he has dominated row courses for two or three years now. But um, I don't like dropping. We said it before. I don't like dropping a bunch of money on such a small ROI at 250. I just I, I don't I don't like it. So I rather spread my money out just a little bit, especially when you do have a road course ringer that's going to be racing tomorrow with AJ Allmendinger. And you said uh, DraftKings has him at what 32 to one. He is currently at 30 to one. I was able to get him yesterday at 32 to one. Yeah. I, I would take that in a heartbeat. Oh, I no, no, no questions asked. That, that's going to be my dark horse for the week. I love that bet too. I am all on a on Dinger. I'm a little upset though that uh, driver group, the NASCAR game I'm in with some of my friends, doesn't have them listed, which I thought was a little weird. Um, someone else that is definitely for me. I think he's a good road course, a road course driver. He's done well in Xfinity road courses. I locked in Chase Briscoe, and I was able to get him at 82-1. to 1. He's down to 80-1 to 1 right now. Um, I think he could have a good week. He was 13th fastest in practice, to your point. I know in the Xfinity series, he always ran road course races really well. So that that's a huge, a huge odd to be able to grab for a guy that was 13th fastest in practice. So I do like that. And plus, off air, you talked about it. How long does it take to get around this lap? Like what? Like two and a half minutes? Two, two forty-five. Yeah, two minutes and thirty seconds. And what I'm seeing in both the truck race and the Xfinity race, anybody that doesn't have the chance at winning the stage or having to win the stage to get a playoff point, these guys are pitting with three to go in the stage because you're not going to go a lap down. And uh, getting a fresh set of tires and driving slow for three laps. That way they're starting in the front on the next stage. So I can see anybody that's trying to just get a win and not too concerned about stage points making these pit strategies to get good track position for the end of the race going into that final stage. And You want clean air here. You do not want to run side by side. It, it just It's going to slow you and whoever you're next to down. You don't want to have to go into turn one. Guys, turn one is a sharp left. You don't want to go into that. People try and outbreak others. It becomes a cluster. Um, yes, yeah, so I, I, I like Briscoe. It's going to be interesting because qualifying is not until tomorrow. 
um, it'll be interesting to see what they do for strategy during the end of each stage. It's and this is also the unknown. Like I don't, we, none of us know what we're going to get here. This is all unknown. That's why we have Harvick. Harvick's running right now in the Xfinity. Bush is running the Xfinity. These guys are just trying to get time on the uh, on the old course to kind of see what's going on and whatnot. Now, I've been on Harvick. It seems like every fucking week. Um, he is currently at he's at twenty five to one right now. I mean. He's what? not a road course racer, though. That's why a guy like him is in here today. You also see Austin Dillon's in the race, Cole Custer's in the race. You got a lot of guys. Now, Custer, what do you have for Custer at odds? I don't mean to jump off Harvard. I'll get back to that. But what do you have 66. for Custer at odds? 66 to 1. He's not bad at road courses. That's another kind of Briscoe guy that if he's there at the end, he has an opportunity. But with Harvick, um, I'd fade him. Like I think he can have a top ten. Don't get me wrong, because he's been around for since dinosaurs were alive on racetracks. But he's not a road course guy. He's doing well right now. But if you notice, he all the top guys except Almendinger, Bush, all these other guys, they pitted. Uh, Harvick didn't. So I, Harvick's going to come out probably ninth to fifteenth after they pit after the stage. I'm not, I just I can't ride with Harvick tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. I I want to do it, but I think I'm going to be off the Harvick train tomorrow. What about, you talked about pit strategy. Logano's got one of the best pit, pitch, one of the best heads of, one of the best pit crewmen, pit, sorry, pit chiefs. Um, what do you think about Logano tomorrow? Um... He was really fast in practice. Um, he was second fastest in practice. Um, I think on and off pit road is not going to be a huge... How do I want to word this? I don't think on and off pit road is going to be a big concern like at these short tracks that we see. Um, the only time that you're going to have green flag pit stops is probably in that final stage. But... Uh, I don't think having a fast pit crew is going to make a difference this week, but uh, Logano showed a lot of speed in practice. I mean, it's second fastest through a 14-lap run. Um, what, what's William Byron at? Willie is at, where is he? I literally just saw that kid, 12-1. to 1. Okay, that's not, I was hoping for it to be a little bit higher. That's another guy to keep your eyes out on, folks. Um He's averaging a top 10 every single week. I think he's only had one race outside of the top 10. He's had like 10 top 10s in a row. Um, he was fastest in practice. To your point, though, it was a monsoon. We don't know if we're going to get rain tomorrow. We don't know if they're going to put rain tires on it. We don't know if half the race is going to be rain, half the race not. We don't know. But Willie B's just he's been in that top 10 all, all week or all season. What about Alex Bowman? Bowman's kind of been that guy this year. He's been he's been great. I mean, like he's he, always got two wins. I mean, he's definitely like established himself as someone that could legitimately win the title this year. What do you think of him? Yes, he is definitely gonna be a contender for the title, but I don't see him being a contender at the road course tomorrow. He's another guy that I would fade. It's weird saying that these big names fade, fade, fade. But what do you have what do you have for Michael McDowell and Chris Busher? Busher is 66, and Michael is 50. I mean, if you're going to sprinkle around some money, guys, those are two other guys to look at. Again, 10th and 11th fastest practice. Um, if Chase Elliott does not win this race, I truly feel it is going to be somebody like uh, Chris Busher, a Ross Chastain. I, I really feel it's going to be somebody that we're just – we don't normally talk about, and then that's also going to fill up another playoff spot and really start closing in that playoffs. Because we have to remember the Daytona race course, road race course, which we've never had before this year. That was Chase's race. There, like, even though we both hit Bell, Chase yeah. should have won that race. There was what, something agree. funky happened at the end. I forget what it was, but you guys have, just have to make sure, like. Instead of like going all in on Chase, I mean, I would. I'm spreading out tomorrow. I know that's what I'm doing, and that's what we suggest you do. Um, there's no real head-to-heads posted yet. 
I'm just going to be naming off some people. Tell me what you like it. We're seeing Austin Cedric with the same odds as Brad Kozlowski and Kevin Harvick. What do you think of uh, the future driver of the 23? What's that? <laughs> I like how you threw that in there. Um, what's his odds at? 25 to 1. Same. Oh, love it. All day, guys. Punch that. The, the kid's a road racer. He dominates road courses. He's sitting third right now in the Xfinity race. He's always fast at road courses. Um, if our rumor does prevail, these are a type of races that he's got to show up to and perform at for to be able to get into a seat next year. Um, but for him to be 20-something to one, I love it. Um, what about Daniel Suarez? 100 to one. I was wrong last week. I said I'd fade him. He actually had another good race. That's a huge ROI. Um, I know you go by units. If whatever a couple dollars is, I mean, five, seven dollars, something like that to get a 500 to 700 win, um, I'd do it. The man's proved me wrong the last couple weeks, so it's kind of hard for me to turn on his back this week. Now, you mentioned Ross earlier, Ross Chastain, 80 to 1. Wow. Um, I was hoping to see more of them today, but their rear axle, uh, they broke a rear axle on like lap three today. So he didn't get the laps that he just wanted to get. But um, that's another guy that we just don't talk about a whole lot that I just have a good feeling about tomorrow. It's, the, it's not the below average drivers. It's the middle of the road guys that we kind of talk about dark horses that I see having a good good race. I still see Hamlin, Truex, Chase, those three guys getting out front and staying out front for a long time, but depending on if there's a late restart or what could happen, is just going to make things so interesting. Now, off uh, before we start recording, you made a uh, comment about strategy toward the end of the stage. Can you just explain that to everyone, what your thought process was? Yes, yeah, so uh, I'm seeing it. You have to pit, or you can't go down pit road with less than three laps to go in any stage. Unlike any other track where normally if you pit, you will be going a lap down. This track you can pit without going a lap down. So if you're not focused, you get to the end of that second stage and you're not focused on um, stage points or a playoff point for a stage win, they will come down pit road to get track position. So a guy that's sitting in 20th can actually go pit and then come the end of that stage restart in first place. It's So we're going to be seeing something, and I can't reiterate this enough, that we just haven't seen before. And because of that, I mean, I'm really going to be – Hamlin's going to be the shortest guy on my ticket, got him at 10 to 1, and then I'm just going to be – taking shots i'm going to be taking a shot with um with dinger shot with i got i locked in briscoe at 80 to 1 i mean you talked me into busher i'll lock him in at 66 to 1 and then probably sendrick at 25 to 1 and that's going to be my card i don't want to go deeper than that just because of the unknown um what about tyler reddick 66 to 1 um I mean, again, he, he's been performing. I'm not really, I don't know his, his road course history. Um, I really don't. But, I mean, it's another guy with just thick odds that if we're not honing in on one guy because the odds are so low, you might as well sprinkle it. I mean, it's a good name, good equipment, good driver that's, that's been able to do things. So, I mean, it's another guy. I don't want to say no. I don't want to tell anybody that. Absolutely jump on it, but I like the odds. Now, I've always, I don't know why, but I've always bet Justin Haley in the Xfinity races on the road courses. He's sitting at 500 to 1. Um, yeah, no no way. No the way. Equipment's horrible. No uh, way. I'll tell you that right now. I mean, could he even sneak into a top 10, you think, or no? No. No, um, no opportunity whatsoever. He's sitting 13th right now in the Xfinity race. Uh Really good driver. He's not a bad road course driver, but I can't trust the equipment that the equipment that he runs at all. What about Bubba 
at 150 to 1. Bubba's announcing this race right now. He should be in one of these cars, get practicing for tomorrow. I mean, the guy can't drive. I mean, I'd love to go head to head with him in a go kart or something, but no, I'm still fading him. Denny Hamlin's still running his mouth. His own owner is running his mouth about him. Um, yeah, it, it, it's not going to happen with him. Now, you mentioned Austin Dillon, 150 to 1. What about him? Yeah, he'd have to get off on some crazy strategy for it to happen. Kind of like that Coca-Cola win he got a couple years ago when it was just kind of out of nowhere. Um, Absolutely. But speaking of that, um, I will be at Charlotte Friday Saturday, Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday night. So ooh. when we do record next week, you guys might hear some cars in the background. But uh, ooh. I'll actually be there live in person. So super excited about that. Oh, that's awesome, my man. Um, so... We've covered a lot of people. Like, granted, we're not doing the head-to-heads this week because they're not posted yet. Is you've been high on Christopher Bell? He, he's down to sixteen to one right now. That just seems a little too low for me. Yeah, um, it, the the odds are low. Um, no, I, I will side with you on that for sure. Now, lastly, the last person I want to touch on. Is Kyle Larson at nine to one? I like that. He was top five yesterday in practice. I think he was third. Let me see. Uh, Larson. Yes, he was third fastest in practice yesterday. I do like him. Okay. All right. He's just he's been driving the wheels off of it. I mean, I thought it was going to take him a lot longer to get back into the swing of things having last year off and only running dirt but uh, the guy's been very impressive and uh, super proud of what he's doing so I reviewed who I'm looking at Hamlin, Busher, Dinger um, Briscoe and Sendrick that's going to be my betting card um, you talked me into those Busher and uh, Cedric who uh, you mentioned Dinger's your sleeper Anyone else who's going to be on your betting card? Um, I'm going to see after qualifying if the odds change at all. If uh, if I see Chase get up to five, six, seven to one for whatever reasons, um, I may have to pull the trigger on that. But um, I do like Hamlin at ten to one. He will be on my card. Um, Dinger absolutely on the card. Um, I'm ready to see Kyle Busch's odds only because right now he just once again drove from the back of the pack to take the lead in the Xfinity race, and he looks really fast. So I'll be ready to see what his odds are after qualifying. But if you guys like anything that we've talked about with certain drivers, lock them in before qualifying tomorrow because after qualifying, I guarantee Vegas will make adjustments as they need to. Now, hypothetically, you mentioned about Elliott odds drifting. Let's say he fails inspection, goes to the back of the rear. That situation, would you still play him? I'd still play him only because of the way the strategy is with that, uh, with the way they're going to pit before stages. Because come the end of stage one, he could be the first one on pit road from the back and restart P1, 2, or 3 in the next stage, and he's already made up that track position. Uh, speaking of that, before we end this, um, guys – Track position, I don't want to say means a lot in this race, but if you are going to do a DraftKings lineup, the position differential is going to be the main thing you're looking for. There's not many laps, so laps led is not going to be a stat that you're going to be looking for. Um, I just won $12 off of a $3 entry in the truck series race. Um Based off a differential, I had a couple nobodies that started in 36 that finished 19th, and I was able to gain 30-something points from that. So please pay pay attention to uh, differential, position differential. And, guys, I am DraftKings just came out with their odds for the race. They were taken down earlier. And this is why it's important to shop. They got Busher at 85 to 1. Really? Yeah, they got Busher at 85 to 1, Sendrick at 26 to 1. 
So, I mean, definitely I'm getting, seeing some better value there. So, yeah, that's why it's important. Hey guys, make sure you don't make a rookie mistake. I've been doing this forever, but I literally went on earlier and thought I was betting Chase Elliott 8-1 to one odds, and I put money on Elliott to win the championship. So always make sure you're looking at what you're betting on before you actually make that bet. And I am going to say Kurt Busch, not, excuse me, Kyle Busch, they have it 16-1. to one. You know what? I'm going to lock that bad boy in, too. So, I mean. Kyle's got 16 to 1 right now. 16 to 1. Guys, lock it in. <laughs> 16 to That's 1. So, unbelievable. My, so, I got my card is Hamlin, 10 to 1, 1U. Busher, what I say, 85 to 1, half a U. Dinger, 32 to 1, half a U. Briscoe, 80 to 1, half a U. Sendrick. 24 to 1, half a U. Bush is 16 to 1. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go one U on, on on Kyle. So I'm gonna do that right there. That's my card for the for it. Um, you know, Brandon, thanks for coming on again, man. I wish your Celtics nothing but the best of luck. Enjoy that Charlotte race. I'm from what I hear, I've never been to a Charlotte race. I hear it's just insane. Guys, I'm going to warn you now, there's a good possibility as long as you're okay with it. I may be a little intoxicated on the next podcast. Um, I will literally be in an RV in the infield from Friday to Monday. So it's going to be a very, very long weekend. All I got to say is make sure you – I know there's going to be some well-dressed women there, so definitely take some pictures for me, my man. (laughs) So thanks for stopping by, Brando. Why don't you tell everyone where they can find you? Off the Post, Boston Sports, Instagram, Facebook, uh, BostonBoy83 on Twitch for iRacing. We moved up from 144th to 121st uh, with a 10th place finish last week. Two weeks ago, big race in a week and a half, uh, Martinsville. If we can uh, close in and get under the top 100, we'll be able to battle for that top 70 spot going into the final race. Oh, dude, that'd be awesome, man. Guys, make sure you... Tune in to his Twitch account and watch. Thanks for coming by. Safe travels down to Charlotte. And uh, have a good time for me, my friend. Guys, enjoy. Good luck for everybody tomorrow. Thank you for Brandon for coming on and talking NASCAR. New track tomorrow. God only knows what we're going to see. Guys, that is it for today's show. Sorry it's coming out a little late with the NASCAR stuff. Just wanted to be prepared. Also, guys, I'm going to be honest, dude. It seems like anytime I buy a new house... It's always way harder than the, than the time before. And I'm in the middle of buying a house, and the stress game is so fucking real. It's hilarious. But once I get it taken care of, I'll be sure to share my stories. Be safe. Be well. Let's cash some tickets. Unfortunately, we lost our Bucks bet. Islanders bet looks pretty good. Lost the Panthers bet. So we're going to look to kind of rebound later tonight with the... Uh, UFC, we got MLB, we got NHL, NBA, we got horse racing. So let's cash some tickets, guys. Be safe, be well. I will be back next weekend.